Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So we're going to uh, share a little bit about the mind today, and so uh, as we do that, we're going to use a couple of texts, mostly First Thessalonians 5 and then Ephesians 4, if you want to mark into that in your Bible. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the mind, so I thought... Um, in order to talk about the mind, first we're going to get into the soul. I'm going to share that, but but focus it today only on the mind. So I'm going to open it with something, and then I'm going to shift gears with you, okay? So, no, you're good, boss. They're going to set up a couple of things. So as we open up 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I want to read this to you, and then, then we're going to go from there, okay? So 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians, if I can say it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, 1 Thessalonians 5, you guys put that up there. I want you to see this. We've been talking about... First of all, this, that the, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Who's going to sanctify you, first of all? The Lord. Amen. Right? So this is why I pray this. So in Jesus' name, if you have negative thoughts, if you came in here thinking, well, I don't know if I belong there. Let me tell you something. That person next to you doesn't belong here either. Nobody belongs here without the blood of Jesus. Nobody. Nobody came in those doors this morning better than you. They're not holier than you. They just may be... You might think they are, but if you could pull back their head and look what's inside, I promise you they have wrong thoughts just like you do. And all of us are here today because of the blood of Jesus. Who's going to sanctify you? The Lord is. Let's say it again. Who's going to sanctify you? The Lord. It's important to know that. It's not a man. It's not a person sitting next to you. It's not a TV preacher. It's not any, The Lord Jesus is the one that sanctifies you. Can we agree? Amen, right? So... Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. So you're a three-part being. We've already said this. Spirit, soul, body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And we've already said, who's the loudest of the three? You're what? Come, let's be real this morning. Your body. By far. It says, I'm hurting I don't want to get out of bed. How many of y'all's body said, I don't want to get out of bed this morning? Let's be honest. You're in church. Be honest. Okay, let's do it again. Who did not want to get out of bed this morning? Raise your hand. Thank you for being honest. Because everybody else, at first everybody was thinking, oh gosh, I did, I'm the only one. No, I get everybody. Your body don't want to, I want a cheeseburger. Your cholesterol's high. I don't want a cheeseburger anyway. But it's not good. I can't do it every day. I don't care. I want candy. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Your body's the loudest. We'll talk about that, but today it's on the mind. The Lord wants to sanctify all three, the body, the spirit, and the soul. But the soul is where we're focusing right now. So you're a three-part being. Now we're going to the soul, okay? So if you guys could um, do me a favor and put that image up for me about the spirit, I mean about the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And, and I'm going to show you guys something just to make clear what we're talking about today. So the mind, the will, and the emotions. This, if you can see this, hopefully... Um, it's big enough, but I didn't think about the chair and table. But your soul is made of three parts. Your mind, which is the intellect, your emotions is the responses or reactions to trials, relationships, and other circumstances. It's how we process our lives and your emotions. And then there's the will, which is choice and free will given us by God. We're going to talk about the will and emotions in the next couple weeks. But today, we are on the mind. Your soul is made up of three parts. Now, Jesus said, if you're going to love your neighbor, how are you going to love your neighbor? With all of what? All of your mind, you refer to soul in most places, somebody said mind, but your, your, your body, your mind, right? Not only that, but when you love somebody, it's not just spiritually, you've got to love them with your soul. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. It's hard to love your neighbor as yourself if you don't understand this. But today, so we're going to talk about the mind. Okay, so I thought, uh, who better to ask to help talk about the mind than somebody I feel like is one of the smartest people in my life. Um, she, many of you might not know this, uh, but uh, my wife is absolutely, uh, I, I, she would not say this about herself, but she's one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. Um, in school, now I was going to ask mama, but her phone's broken, so I couldn't get the facts exactly. So my wife would never tell you this about herself. But between her and a few other people in school, uh, the valedictorian separated by only point, mama, am I right about this? Point zero whatever, right? Yeah. It, she's smart as all get out. She talks about stuff. I go, what? I have to ask three or four times. What? Because she is very knowledgeable. And so I thought I'd bring one of the brightest people I know up here with me uh, this morning. So would you do me a favor and welcome uh, my wife Haley to the platform this morning? Would you give her a hand, please? <laughs> She's probably going to get me for saying that, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's not true. <laughs> it is true. We have a little disagreement. Is it not true about what I said? What? Oh, I, I'm just saying. I'm oh, did you say no, I was like fifth or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, just but the fifth. Thing, the the, the interesting thing is, like, just he fifth. says that, but my mind has always been my deepest struggle. Oh. Um, and I don't, I don't, um, I think that, I think that, you know, sometimes you can know too much and not be able to put it all together in a godly way. And um, it's. It's a, it can be your downfall, and um, it really has. It's caused a lot of pain in my life because I question everything. I question, and it gets on my family's nerves, which I thought was kind of funny. He's like, "Will you, will you come sit with me today?" I'm like, "But the fact that I question everything gets on my nerves." <laughs> so, and I, yeah. and I wish he wouldn't say I'm, I'm really not very smart, but I do question a lot. So I guess it makes me look smart. I don't know because I ask a lot of questions, but that's not like. That's not the definition of smart. But anyway, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he actually, I would say, has been one of the biggest helps with me in my mind um, and how important it is to have people that can speak into your life about your mind because he... I would struggle... I mean, I struggled... My parents would tell you from a little child, struggle, just never enough, couldn't... Was afraid I would make a bad grade. I mean, like, I was just always afraid, always worried always you know and he just would constantly for years um say use your powers for good (laughs) use your powers for good that was his famous saying use your powers for good and um it's like a super movie (laughs) i think that um yeah having him in my life and being able to see you know that god gives you your mind for a reason and it the enemy wants you to spend it on things that aren't good and think about things that will bring you down and things that are not um, uplifting. And um, so really helped me with that. So what she's basically saying is Superman does have kryptonite. You get what I mean? So like, just so you know that, I'm just sitting here thinking she's a talk night. I hear wah, 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 wah. I love her dearly. But when so she says, on his nerves. when she says, no, I wasn't that close. It was like maybe fifth. Okay. Just to put into perspective, they didn't even call me for valedictorian. You know what I'm saying? Like, there wasn't even a thought about that, Jody Haggerty. Like, what? No. No. 
No. Salutatorian, valedictorian, happy Victorian, whatever, nothing. I mean, nothing. So anyway, just, just to present a perspective. But that, what she's saying, I mean, like, it is true. She, like, but she is very smart. And I think sometimes what she just said is a clue to all of us. Sometimes your greatest <clears throat> strength and gift from God can also be a weakness. Okay? Like I was telling somebody just this week, you have to realize and recognize when the enemy comes at you in one area, there's a reason. The enemy came at me in different areas in life. You know, uh, I, I was very much insecure. I was very much, um, uh, I, there were many things that were in my heart and my mind that I wanted to do. But because of many things in my childhood growing up, I was always just never would step. I never would try. It, though I knew I could. It was the strangest thing. Where she's talking about she did it because she was, I mean, she was just going after it, you know. I I just never, I never really gave it 100%. I never did. And um, until Christ came into my life, it switched everything. In school, we're talking about the mind today, so we're referring to this. And we're going to tap, it may tap into emotions and things like that, but we're focusing on our minds. In school, uh, because of the way God gifted me and wired me, in school, I didn't do well in the classroom. But when they put me in, uh, when I went, I went to, I split my school and went to Votech. That's the path I went in that arena, I had a 4.0 everything and everything. I just I did everything. No matter what they threw at me, I turned this way. I just realized I can see you guys better this way. <laughs> My neck hurts, so like I can't turn. <laughs> so, um, but I realized, in school in that area, I was I did fantastic. Like I didn't struggle, but it was it was I was wired differently. And everyone is gifted by God in something. You have to realize that whatever your gifting is, it may not be the same as the person sitting next to you. And so, Haley, I can't do what she does. I can't. Like, she teaches our kids, listen, I am not wired for that. I can't. I just, I, I'm, I am not gifted by God for that. I really am not. But well, she if, is. If I could say one more thing, like, especially to the students, like, because I, I wasn't, um, when you talk about school or whatever, like, I wasn't. There's a lot of kids, you're like, oh, my goodness, they're just so naturally smart. They just get it. And I wasn't one of those kids. And I I tell my kids that all the time. It was not easy for me, but I was determined because I didn't want to let myself down, didn't want to let my parents down, which they never put that on me. I put that on myself. But it wasn't, like, I would have to go, I never, I didn't always understand things in the classroom. And it's okay. You go home, you figure it out. And that's what um, I think that, you know, I just wanted to encourage, if you don't, if you don't think, well, I just get it. Like everybody else just gets it. Why am I not getting it? It's okay. The Lord will help you go home and get it, but it takes more effort. And I was one of those kids that had to put in way more effort than most other kids. Um, but anyway, that's really it's, good. it's okay. I mean, it's really good. And so in, in that, in talking about this, um, so we have a friend, Don Green, who was here for a number of years and, um, it's, it, and so what he would do, he would teach our students, and I want to encourage you guys, parents, if you have college students or are about to go into college, or you are a college student right now. Um, so you know, he would teach this. We have him come in every so often. He would teach this to our students, to our parents. So listen, think career track. Now, you're probably thinking right now, I came to church today to hear about God. We're going to get there. This is God. Just hang tight. You'll hear. Think career path, not education path. 
Our school system is designed to put you into an education track so that you will learn. In case you don't know this, schools are rich. They're very wealthy. They're not hurting for money. They're rich. So they don't... They're not, they're not as interested, whether or not, you may know education right now, and I may offend you by saying this, but the way it's set up right now, when you get to the collegiate area, it is not designed for your child to have a career path. It is designed for your child to have an education path. Because the education path is what makes the schools make money. Colleges and universities want you to be on an education path. So Don would teach, listen, think career path. If you want to go in this field of study, for instance, architecture, that's fantastic. But if all you ever do is get this degree, you're only going to make this much money. If you add this little, just one thing to your career track, this one class, it'll boost your income by 10000 a year. He would do that for our students. Some of them changed the way they were doing their career because of that. Same career, they just added something to it because it, we're, we think in education track today, but we need to think in career track. Do you all understand what I'm saying? So I say that because um, when you use your mind, it's made for the intellect. Your mind is easy to change. It's the one part of these areas up here is the easiest to change is your mind. Now, Haley, we might disagree on some of this stuff because of what she just said. But it's because the soul part is also attached to the mind. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate between which one is pushing and pulling here. But as far as your mind goes, your mind can change just like that. You can change your mind. You go back to school, you can learn something, get on the right track. You can think differently. But refusing to learn is a trap. It's a trap. And so the Bible says this, Proverbs 23 and verse 23. We'll put it on the screen for you guys here. And I think this is in the New Living Translation, if you guys could put it up for us. Proverbs 23, 23. There we go. So this is New Living, so a little different than what I usually use, okay? But it says, get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. First thing God says for you to do is get what? Truth. And then he says for you to get wisdom, discipline, good judgment. And the problem today in our minds is we are lacking truth. We are building our lives on the backs of education from wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. And I am not knocking education. Please don't hear me. My kids are going to get an education. What I am saying, though, is if you educate without the mind, without the truth of the gospel and God's word, you get some really odd things. So I wanted to share one with you, and then Haley's going to talk about This is one of the things this morning, she, this morning she even, this morning questioned me on my illustration that I'm about to share with you. I said, honey, listen, you're just going to have to trust me and roll with me on this one, okay? But I'll put this first image up on the screen for you. If you refuse to understand truth, this is what happens. This is what we come up with, okay? First image there, if you could put that up with the, the giraffes, the four little giraffes. No, not that one, the four little giraffes. That was my, that was my, um, that was my ending there. There should be four little giraffes. Anyway, okay, so in evolution, if you have the idea of evolution, you guys have it? No? It doesn't work? It's broken? Great. Thanks for technology, you know, that somebody built technology on the backs of, oh, here we go. Thank you, guys. Technology, you know what I mean? These guys are great, but our stuff sometimes just 
You know, your phone, you know, you're looking at something, all of a sudden it just messes up on you. Right in the middle of like doing your banking or something, you're like, you got to be kidding me right now. So anyway, so I want you to look at this. So uh, there's a couple of guys that came up with this, these little giraffes. Here's the original idea of the short-necked ancestor of giraffe. Keeps stretching his neck to reach higher up the leaves. And further and further until he becomes progressively longer. So these guys, that by the name of Darwin, you've heard of him, and Lamarck, which he came up with this, their idea was that the giraffe, the reason he has a long neck, is because at some point in time, this little guy, he started stretching his neck because there was no food. So he stretched his little neck up higher, and they kept doing it. And so over time, evolution has gotten to this point where the giraffe now has a long neck, and he can eat from the trees while everybody else starves to death. There's no food on the field. Which I just thought, common sense would tell you, what about the antelope then? If, if there was no food and no one else made it but the giraffe, what about the antelope, the lion, and all those other things that can't climb trees? But that's common sense, so we throw that out. The thing I wanted you to see about this, if it was genetically possible, you know, if you stretch your neck out, man, I would have been doing that since I was in kindergarten to get a little more height. You know what I'm saying? I would stretch myself out. I've been working on that thing, you know? But you know, if a giraffe stretches his neck... Genetically, it's not going to change his baby. So Haley asked me a question this morning. <laughs> we started going down the road of, well, you know, th- th- I was like, genetically speaking. He said, well, there's other cultures where they put rings on their necks and they stretch their necks up like this. I said, yeah, I know, but when they have babies, are there babies like that? She's like, well, no. no. I said, leave my illustration alone, woman. I'm using this this morning. I like to aggravate him a she little does. bit. So my point in all this is if you build a life without truth, this is what you come up with. We started as an amoeba. Somehow we floated up on the beach. We turned into a crab, converted from the crab to the salamander. Salamander, somehow we became, I don't know what else next. You know, pick your thing. This is a fictional lesson, just so you know. And then now apes to monkeys to humans. That's education without the truth of God's word, Right. So my illustration was going to be funny, and I was going to show you the next slide of this giraffe, and I think the giraffe looks at us sometimes, and this is what he thinks with slide number two. I think the other giraffe looks at us and kind of looks at us kind of like, really? Really? You guys actually think that? So, how do you want to share some things about this, about truth? Um, So, since I want to share my illustration... Well, so actually, I do agree with him. That I just like to aggravate. It took him a moment, a little bit. It took a moment. But at the same, my my point is that you do have to. I feel like for me is be open minded, because um, sometimes we can get so narrow minded that we're not willing to look at the science and see how it fits into truth. And so, for example, um, it, you know, Gal- Galileo. For the last several years of his life, he was under house arrest because he thought possibly it was the heliocentric theory would, was possible versus the geocentric, meaning that the you know, planets were orbiting the sun versus they had always believed that it, we, everything was you know, orbiting the earth. I mean, heaven forbid we not be the center of the universe, right? I mean, so... <laughs> He, he actually was under house arrest because they felt like he was going against scripture. Truth is, we're not the center of the universe, you know? And so I think that sometimes we can get so close-minded by what we think scripture is saying rather than being open-minded and saying, is there something bigger that God is saying that 
that coincides, that goes together. I mean, it's amazing to me all of the things that you can look in nature and you see God. Um, for example, if you think about, you know, I was a couple weeks ago, Piper and I were talking about how, like, you know, the earth is rotating and we're going around the sun at the same time. She's like, we're always moving. Yeah, but I don't feel it. And you can stop and say, and that's exactly the way it is with the Lord. He's always moving in your life. You might not feel it, but it's okay. He's moving. He's always moving. It's okay. Because science always lines up with his word. And you can see him in so many different ways when you really begin to look at it. And it makes life so much easier, I think, because it's, it's you know, it's much more simple than we want to make it. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See why I have to ask you questions? Those two words, heliocentric, I was like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, babe, yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm tracking, I'm tracking, you know. <laughs> she talks to me sometimes, I have to look up stuff. But anyway, it's really, really interesting things. Our kids uh, ask some questions like that, which I, I think are great. And so I, I told her we were talking about this and how the mind works. And so your mind, from the physical standpoint, your brain, it is an organ, okay? So that it's not a muscle. I know people say, your mind's a muscle, you gotta go work at your muscle, and that's not true. It's not a muscle. It's an organ. Your heart is also an organ, but it has a muscle properties. But your mind is an organ, and it's different than a muscle. You, you don't just take your brain and say, I'm going to work it out, and it's going to get better. Well, it, it, I can lift weights, and I can build muscle. Okay, But with a mind, it's not about weights. It's about input. And so it will process, which is different than a muscle. It will, you can tear down a muscle and rebuild it. You don't tear down the mind, you convert the mind. So it's much like this. When the pandemic hit, um, we, because they were short on blood, they asked us, we'd do a blood drop. So I don't know if you guys can, we had a, the blood bus out here. And so they were like, Pastor Jody, will you lead the charge and we will do, give the blood and I'm like, it's a global pandemic. You have no blood. I thought, which was, I should have used my brain and thought, no one's going anywhere. They have plenty of blood. They just want my blood. You know, I was had, I should have thought differently, but it's all good. They needed to, I was willing to do it. I hate giving blood. I literally, it's got to be the worst thing ever. I did it. But here's the funny thing she told me. Jody, don't worry. Your body will make more blood. I thought she was lying. I'll just be honest with you, I figured it out, looked it up, and studied it myself. Your body reproduces blood, it's lost. If, it's an, if, it can, if you can close the wound, it can reproduce blood. Your brain is similar in the fact that it can reproduce, it can take the knowledge that it's been given, and it can convert that, it can give it to other people, and you can learn more and actually pass on what you know. It's very similar, but you have to use it, and you have to study it. So... Um, Haley, we were talking about that. I don't know if you had something to add on that part uh, about the... Yeah, well, it was just... Um, so we, we were talking about the blood and, you know, the blood, What it, it's some of its major functions is that it, it takes what you need, where you need it, and it also helps discard what you don't need, right? And so it is... Um, the life is in the blood. That's what the Bible tells us, and that's why Jesus' blood is so important. The life is in the blood. And he cleanses us. That's, you know, that's the function of, of the blood. 
Um, but when you think about the word, God also made his word living. And so not this book. This book is not living. This is just a book. But the words inside are living. And they will literally bring nutrients. They will bring what you need to the parts of you that need it. And it will help get rid of waste, the things that you don't need, if we'll let it. And so it's actually living. If we'll allow it to be living and active in our life, it will do much like the blood and wash us and get rid of things that we don't need. Yeah. So in Ephesians 4, um, let me read this to you and as we kind of put some of this together here. But in Ephesians 4 and verse 17, it says, so Paul says, so I say this and I affirm together with the Lord that you walk. Now, he's, now this was what, as a preacher, as a, like, there are some things that just push my buttons, you know. Like people who a lot of things, a lot of things push my button, but especially <laughs> preachers and things. And I'm willing to say I'm wrong. I will, I will confess to you. If I'm wrong, I will say, look, I was wrong. I misunderstood scripture. If someone tells me one time I was preaching and I said, Priscilla and Aquila, Pastor Steve called me and said, Hey, it's not two women. It's a guy and a girl. I was like, Oh, <laughs> thanks Pastor Steve. I totally, <laughs> I left laughing because I thought I'm an idiot. I don't mind telling you, look, I was wrong about that, but I can't stand it when these guys say things. That try to excuse work on our part. Oh, it's just the grace of God. Let God just do his thing. You don't do anything. That is the biggest lie of the enemy. And we have people falling like crazy because of that theology. And it's tearing down people's lives. I'm telling you, you have got to apply your brain to the word of God. You cannot just sit around and think you're going to convert because you come to church. It will not happen. That's why Paul addressed Corinthian church with all kinds of issues of immorality, and you name it, and they were Christians. So when Paul addresses this, don't think, oh, that's, you know, this is not referring to us. He's referring to this. Listen to what he says. I affirm this together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles walked. So he is definitely talking to Christians right now. And he says, they also walk, they walk in the futility of their mind being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But the Lord says, but Paul says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. Indeed, if you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus... That in reference to your former manner of life, you, listen to what he says. Who does the work? You. You lay aside the old self. That part of you that says, I don't want to go to church. I want to eat cookies all day. You got to lay that thing down sometimes. Hey, nope. We have to eat some vegetables every now and then. That part of you which has been corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. I want to share this one word here uh, and let Haley share some things too if she has something on this. But when he says walk in the futility of their mind, that word futility is something interesting. It is a Greek word called metaotes. Best I can do for you. Metaotes. It's called the futility of their mind. It actually means they, you get to the point where you worship angels. You have the depravity of mind. You have the emptiness of life as the result. And it converts eventually to vanity, a callous heart, 
and the ability to the point where you are able to hear from the Holy Spirit. The word callous heart here, when it talks about the callousness of their heart, they had a Pharaoh's spirit. They would hear the truth and then the hardness of their heart wouldn't let them accept it. Like one minute you got them, the next minute you don't. One minute you got them, the next minute they don't. They just can't convert because they've just given over to this thing. So Paul says you can change this. And the way you change this is you renew your mind. And so renewing the mind is a choice, and the scripture tells us to do something about it. And this is the contrast. Metaotes, which is futility of the mind, contrasts with what Paul says right here in Romans 12.1. And he says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed is the word metamorphosis, or meta. If you look it up, it's metamorphosis in our terminology. It's metamorphosis. It means to convert. You remember the Hulk? That's metamorphosis right there. I know it's a superhero, but from Bruce Banner to the Hulk, he had a metamorphosis. He changed. Now, he got a little crazy. Don't turn into the Hulk. Turn into more like Jesus. But metamorphosis means you, your mind will change. Even if you have stinking thinking, issues with sin, depravity of the soul, whatever. If you will get in God's word. If you will convert your brain and say, look, I study this. I'm going to renew my mind with God's word today, like Haley said. It's just a book until you open up it and receive the words. The words of God will transform your mind totally. So I don't know if you have something you want to share about you that. Well, um, yeah, I, well, and I, I don't want to, so my small group, I have to apologize because you're going to get some repetition. But it's just been so, with everything going on in the world, you know, we're, he's talking about vanity, futility of the mind. And, you know, we get so caught up in all that is happening. We focus sometimes six days a week on what's happening around us. And then we want to come for an hour on Sunday and try to, like, renew our mind, you know. And so it's all about what we're putting in our mind. And um, to go back even to the beginning um, of our time anyway, um, when God created the earth, he set up a legal order, and we basically committed treason. There was a legal order. We went against it. And in that, when that happened, we lost um, the divine guidance that we needed, and we also became competitive with one another. Um, you see Adam and Eve, we're all, everybody's blaming everybody, and, you know, you start to see, you see good and evil. You see how good God is. And now all of a sudden shame comes in because we're not that good. I mean, there's just all these things. And so then you've got, you know, from that point, man against man, and you're starting to see kingdom build after kingdom. Everybody's wanting their own kingdom until you just, if you look at the timeline of history, there's just kingdom, 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 new kingdom, Assyrians, Babylon. I mean, all these kingdoms that people are, because they want to be in control. They want power. And that's that futility and that vanity, just trying to overthrow the legal order. And so I just thought about the, the New Testament when, um, you know, we, we read the kingdom of God is at hand. It's almost here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then here comes Jesus, and we get to enter this new kingdom. There was only meant to be one kingdom in the very beginning. And we spend all our time thinking about all of these kingdoms in the world when we really have to just remember that we are part of the one true kingdom. And when we remember that, then we start to, those other things kind of become 
not as important. And when you study history, you see it over and over again, and it's awful. There's so much pain. But in the middle of that, you've got people that were in this kingdom, like Corey Ten Boom and Virginia Prodan. I don't know if you've ever heard of Virginia Prodan. She was um, in communist Romania, and literally the guy had come to assassinate her, and she talks to him about the Lord, and he ends up getting saved. It's amazing. So no matter what kingdoms are going on around us, we live in the one true kingdom and we have to set our mind and what we're learning based on that and not get so caught up with everything else that is happening it's important we have to learn from it but the real kingdom is still the real kingdom that's good word that's good that's really good right there so as we close up today i just want you guys to uh take a moment to think about something from your mind if you're asking the question, well, then how do I transform? How do I have that metamorphosis? The Greek word is metanoia, it's, but it means metamorphosis. How do I, how can I change my mind? Because my mama said, my daddy always taught me this. There's nothing wrong with, I'm, I'm referring to the mind right now. There's nothing wrong with the great things that your family gave you. How they taught you to think, how they taught you to work, whatever. Your mind, we're talking about referring to the mind. We're going to talk about, you know, Emotions and your will in the next couple, these next two Sundays. You don't want to miss that part because that's the part that I think the mind, if we have it over here, this other stuff is what gets in with the mind. It really can affect some stuff. But how do I renew my mind? You start with God's word. Romans 12, that's where you start. Verse 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? It's a daily Daily, 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 daily. I'm going to do it till I get on your nerves. Daily. Am I there yet? Daily. Mama, thank you for your honesty. Daily. But you're making it sound boring. It's not boring. It's not. Do you see what she just did there? (laughs) It's not boring. It's not boring. It's not boring. It's meant to be, though, a daily thing. Tell me it's not boring. It's not boring. It's not, it's not boring. I love God's word. It's like David said, it's, it's like honeycomb to the soul. It's sweet. It's refreshing. It builds you up, lifts you up. But you got to, every day, I bet you don't miss a meal every day. I guarantee your body says, feed me. And if you don't, it keeps going, it makes weird sounds. Your spirit does the same thing. Your brain, your brain doesn't know any different. I, I wrote this down that... Whatever you put in your mind, it's just going to process. Your mind is not converted, not redeemed. It is indifferent. If you give it junk, it just says, okay, let's produce that. It's like it just produces whatever you put in it. So what you put in is what's going to come out multiplied. And so today, let me ask you a question as we wrap up this morning. What is the choice that you need to make right now? I'll put this image back up there for you. I'm going to pray for you. If you guys don't mind putting the image of the, the, the soul up again with the, the mind, will, and the emotions. Are you leaving? Yeah. Are you all right? Okay. Well, y'all tell Haley, thank, thank Haley for coming up here. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I love you too, baby. She is so smart. She is so pretty. <laughs> so, the soul, the mind, will, and the emotions. If I was to ask you today, again, I'm going to ask you this every week. And what area of your life today 
do you need to make a choice in? If you're watching online right now, what area of your life right now do you need to make a choice in? Because the choice is what's first. We'll talk about some of that next week. But your mind, your will, your emotions. If we're supposed to ask you about your mind. And I'm not talking about a quiet time. You can make that sound like Haley said. It could sound boring. I'm not referring to sitting in your room every day like, I don't do that. That's not how to do a quiet time. Maybe I should tell you how to do a quiet time. It might be more helpful. But what do you, what do you need of a choice in in your brain? Let's just compare it right now. How much of the news are you allowing in your brain versus the living word of God? Can we just, if we had a, a, a cylinder that was up here with two cylinders and we were to pour in the amount of time you're on the news versus the word of God, what would be the percentage change? Can you tell me more about the political climate and conflict between Russia, U.S., Ukraine, Poland, more than you can tell me your verse of Scripture that you stand on for God, with God. Let's put it this way. Let's bring it down a little more real. How much of this up here is receiving the worries of the life that you live right now versus God's Word? I'm so worried about fill in the blank. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, fill in the blank. I don't know if I can fill in the blank. How much of the cares and concerns of this world, as Jesus said, overwhelm us and it steals the seed of God's word from our life? So I'm just telling you this morning, what choice do you need to make? Is there anything you need to change when it comes to your mind this morning? And I want you to think about that as I pray for you. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Those of you online, would you just close your eyes, bow your head just for a moment. Maybe you're in this room and you say, hey, Pastor Jody, you've really got me thinking. Like I've used my brain for a lot of things. I've got an education. I've got a, a career. I, I use my mind for a lot of things, but I've never thought about using my mind and studying God's word to renew how I actually think and to transform my life. I, I thought I had to fix my life first and then God would show up. Maybe you need to make a change today and say, Start with God's word and then your life will change. That's the biblical model. Maybe you're in this room right now and you don't read the Bible because you've been told you can't understand it. That's a lie from the enemy. And you need to just pick up a Bible, pick up a, maybe on your phone, get you a verse of the day, get you something where you just take some time to just take in God's word. But maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ and you need to make the biggest change in, in choice of your life. You need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online as well. And you just need to accept Christ today. So if you're in this room and you've never received Jesus, on the line you've never received Christ as your Savior, I want you to lead you in a prayer right now. This whole church is going to pray for you out loud. We're all going to pray out loud. But the Bible says spiritually, from the Word of God, if you want to convert your spirit, you want to change your spirit, it starts with believing in the heart in Jesus Christ. And confession is made into salvation. You've got to pray this. You've got to speak this and believe what you're speaking Speak this out loud. You can't just come to church and say, well, I think I'm a Christian. This changes things. It's right where you are. Would you pray this prayer with me out loud with this whole church? Online as well. Pray this now. Say, in Jesus' name, I come to you today. I thank you, Lord, for hearing your word. And I see that I need you. I need to be saved. So, Lord, I ask you to save me, to forgive me, 
and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Would you give my hand? Amen. <clears throat> amen. Hey, listen, before we go, uh, I want to share this with you before we leave out. If you pray that prayer, I want you to do something right now. I just feel like I need to do this. I know I'm going a little over. I'm sorry, but I just feel like I need to do this. So as you stand to your feet, just go ahead and stand up. Get the, get this. I know you're ready to go, so get up and stand up. And like, just go ahead and stretch that junk out, okay? But I want us all in here right now, if you are a Christian, I want you to say this with me. Say, I am, I am saved. saved. Now, why did I just do that? Because the Bible says confession is made of salvation. Sometimes you need to say out loud what you actually believe. So let's do it again. I am, I am saved. saved. I am a Christian, forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now, why are you saying that for? Because some of you need to say it because right, you believe it, but you never talk about it. And that just makes your spirit man go, yeah, I know it. I wish you would say it more so your mind would believe it, you know, and think about that. So anyway, before we go, our prayer team is going to be down front. If you need prayer for anything as they come down front, I just want to share with you again, uh, we have some resources over here. If you need help in any of the areas of your mind, maybe you need to change some things in your mind, change some things in your marriage, change some things in your finance, change some things in the areas right now you've just got anxiety or worry. If you come down for prayer, they will help you and give you some resources. They're all free. But if you come down for prayer, please don't feel, well, if I do that, people will look bad at me. No, they will not. People will actually celebrate. We say, hey, man, I'm so proud of you. Because just like my wife and I, we, we just was arguing this morning in the laundry room about this message. So don't tell me you got it all together. You don't. If you do, you come up here and preach next Sunday, all right? You got your stuff together. Everybody needs prayer. Don't let the devil steal that from you. If you need prayer, you come down front in the church, okay? They'd love to help you. So before we go, let me speak this over you today on Numbers chapter 6. Verse 24, this is the Lord's blessing. It says, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and may he give you, be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. God bless you guys so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart and that's Jesus. See you next time.